0: This episode of Let's Think On It comes from an excerpt from O Brother Radio with Will Lockamy, Reed Lockamy, and Dr. Mark Westfall.
1: Steve Thruckel is a close friend of mine. We went to college together and med school together, and he's a brilliant mind. He um, is in Memphis now. He's an infectious disease specialist, and he uh, has been working his tail off through this whole COVID thing. He's over a huge hospital system in the infectious disease realm. Uh, In addition to being so intelligent, He can bring it down to you and me and understand what's going on. That's nice. That's good. It's nice. Yeah. So we can understand what's going on.
0: So great to talk to you again. And I know the last time we talked to you, not only just all the information you gave us was so interesting, but the fact that you were working the amount of hours and days that you were working, has that changed for you? Are you still doing the same ridiculous schedule?
2: Um, it got a little bit better for a while, of course, when the numbers came down from COVID. We always work hard, but but it, it was crazy there for you know literally a year. We were going 7 a.m. till 1 a.m. and it got a little bit better, but guess what? I mean, it's it's a lot worse again, and and uh, and it's just you know, it's frustrating, you know, because we've you know we. <laughs> We're going through this now again, and we have the cure quite literally in our hands, and we can't give it away when we add a car wash and a Krispy Kreme donut, for God's sake. And so uh, it's very frustrating to see people come in and be sick with this, and, and it's tragic, of course, to see people die again. And so it's great to be with you guys, but I'm just sorry it's come to this.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I had uh, talked to Steve about various number of things and, and came up about the, the Delta variant. It's, it's frustrating, and I'm like, you know, like— well, I was wanting to kind of just just not talk about this stuff anymore. But you, no. you just can't. Right. You can't ignore it because the numbers are starting to tick up. I talked to a friend of mine who works in the ER locally, and he said, man, he's, I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm seeing a bunch of COVID patients is what I'm doing. And I was like, really? And, that, and then I talked to Steve. I said, okay, we got to get on the radio again and do our little bit to help educate that we can. So, and my friend said, I'm curious, Steve, your thoughts on this, that. The people who are showing up in the hospital and in the ICU, is, is the Delta variant the predominant strain? Do you know that? Are we testing for that, or is that you know, clinically observable?
2: Yeah, we're seeing essentially all Delta in this part of the country now. It's to the point where I don't do much sequencing to demonstrate it's Delta anymore because you don't really treat people differently per se, and it essentially all is Delta. But it's way more contagious. Uh, it's very impressive. You, you don't you don't miss out on this infection of somebody in the household with you has it anymore. That occasionally happened before, but uh, if you're unvaccinated, make no mistake, this thing is hunting you, and it's hunting you fairly efficiently.
1: Wow! So, and, and of the people you're seeing in the hospital and in the ICUs, um, I mean, give us a sense on what the vaccination is doing or not doing.
2: There's several interesting things about that. Almost no one in the hospital is vaccinated anymore. Um, and there's there are almost no elderly people because the elderly people went out and got the vaccine. So we don't see 70s, 80s, 90 year olds who are in the hospital and dying frequently. They're just not there at all. They're protected. They may get a little sick, but they don't get very sick at all. And that's true of younger ages as well. So the people we see in the hospital lot, and I'll just say, I, I came from an ICU a few minutes ago, um, just one wing of an ICU. There's a, a 23-year-old, a 25-year-old, a 33-year-old, a 52-year-old, uh, and we lost a 45-year-old over last weekend. These are all in the breathing room, um, and so they are all unvaccinated, like essentially everybody is um, in the hospital. I'll tell you one thing that's very interesting, too, is that weight is a very important risk factor here, mm. and, and, and you see it more now because people don't live to be 85 if they're more obese. Um, but now that those people are not in the hospital anymore, um, the people in the ventilators, uh, by and large, are, are typically quite overweight. We have seen a couple of people get it and die who've been vaccinated. Um, one was immunocompromised, but one was not. And I'll tell you what our theory is, is the people who are getting sick who've been, va- who've been vaccinated are people who just got a face full of the virus. Uh, They may have been sort of at ground zero for a super-spreader sort of situation, and a bunch of people probably got it. They were right there. It almost recreates what we saw in the New York City emergency rooms back in the beginning of this. Younger, healthier healthcare workers were dying, um, but it's because they were getting a face full of virus all day long in an ER, and they didn't have proper personal protective equipment. So now we have a much more contagious virus, which essentially puts more virus in your face if you're around someone to many hundreds of whole time, potentially, And we've also backed off on the care of our personal protection, masks and the like. And so we're sort of weirdly recreating that problem that we saw in the beginning.
0: So uh, doctor, here's what we have not discussed at all on the air, but uh, I've been avoiding it a bit this week, but uh, my father, which is also Reed's father, we happen to be brothers. uh, He (laughs) he is in a COVID ICU unit at a hospital here in town at Grandview Mm. and Mm. he is vaccinated. And so, it's a little bit of a weird story because he had, on Monday, what seemed to be stroke symptoms. I mean, if you mm-hmm. just, you know, if it just gave you the, it was everything. The right arm wouldn't work, uh, you know, his right eye twitched and the slurred whole. Speech, slurred all speech, all that. on the, yeah, yeah. Um, and so immediately went to the hospital and all, everything has come back negative on stroke. Uh, he tested positive that day for COVID. And so they immediately mm-hmm. moved him to that unit. So he's that, like, you know, point whatever percent that is there that is vaccinated mm. but for the most part if he hadn't had the stroke symptoms he probably would have just thought oh, i have a cold and whatever now he's ended mm. up having now fever uh with a spot of pneumonia and stuff like that so they've, they've kept him there and funny enough one of his doctors i guess i can say all this I've, he told me i could but it is uh dr cobia who is you know made very national news in fact uh president biden today quoted dr cobia from grand view here in birmingham yeah and the as she's losing patients, they say, "Well, wait, can I just get the vaccine?" And she has to tell them, "I'm sorry, it's too late." And she is now yeah. receiving death threats upon death threats for this, uh, for the story you know going national. Um, but anyway, so it, it has really come to hit home a bit because he is a vulnerable person, yeah. and you know, uh, it, and but here's the big thing. So Dr. Cobia and some of his nurses that I've talked to have been emphatic about, "Hey." this was a life or death thing for your father having the vaccine. This would not have been the outcome if he had not had the vaccine. With his vulnerable health, had yeah. he not been vaccinated, they think that he probably would have succumbed to this. Yeah. Well,
2: first of all, I'm very sorry to hear that. And and, uh, and I thoroughly agree. I mean, I mean Dr. Covey's experience is, is – uh, It's far from from unique or even unusual. I mean, we get people who come in and and people that haven't had the vaccine, they're about to go on the ventilator, and they all want the vaccine now. Um, And so it it sickens me that that they've had to go through that sort of thing. And, And you're having to go through it now, but you're right. Some people are going to have a better response to this 95 percent effective vaccine than others. And people who are immunosuppressed to a lesser degree, people who are elderly may not get quite the protection that a 35 year old healthy person would get. But you're exactly right. What people aren't taking into account, people who are sort of naysayers, that they have their conclusion already laid out in front of them. They're saying, oh, no need to get the vaccine. Look what happened to that guy. But look what happened to the people who would have who didn't get the vaccine. Uh, They died. And so you're exactly right. The vaccine is clearly a life-saving situation for your father and uh, as bad as it's been. But it's exactly right. That that will turn out, we hope, to be a fantastic success story.
0: Uh, And that's why we felt comfortable. Yeah, that's why we felt comfortable tonight, actually talking about it, knowing you were coming on and Dr. Westfall, that we could finally be like, okay, well, look, there's a reason to talk about it, not for dramatics or having people say like, oh, how's your dad or whatever. It wasn't about that throughout the week. It was now it's about it's important for people to know, like, because you hear so many people say, well, why would I get it? Because now you hear of people contracting the virus, even that have had the vaccine. So what's the point? Well, here's the point. Yeah. yeah, it could Don't save die. your life
1: and psychologically, you know, I think you you were hesitant to talk about it. Oh yeah, all week yeah, I did not he, at all. Well, and and even not just because of your father, but but the topic you, you're 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 fatigued of it. And oh sure, it, most of America is fatigued of it, um, and so psychologically, it's sometimes difficult to force yourself to to recognize what's going on. But but that's what we have to do. Again, is to right. S- and and as Steve started off. The hour with we've got the treatment i mean the the vaccine is effective even with the variant which steve i'd love to talk about that for a second you know we're kind of fortunate that it's also effective for the variant i mean a lot of vaccinations uh for viruses you know aren't always we don't always have that luck is that accurate
2: well, yeah, no, I mean, it's amazing. Remember, we started off uh, praying for a vaccine that would be 50% effective. We so said, we'll take that and, and, and support it, and the government will, will, will get it out there. We got one that was 95, um, and so, I mean, it's an amazing uh, uh, advancement to be able to give this and for your father to have gotten it, um, and, and that's really what makes the difference. And, and the fact that the Delta variant is a bit more is a bit more resistant to a vaccine immunity, I think that's, that's safe to say. Um, but it's a small step down a road that we don't want to go down, and that is increasing resistance. And here's another interesting point. Up to now, the faster horses are winning. The Wuhan was replaced by the Alpha because it's a faster spreading, more contagious, more efficient, and then the Delta in turn uh, supplanted the Alpha variant for that same reason. But once um, once more enough people get the infection, it may turn around and make more evolutionary pressure on the virus more toward evading the immune system than just being faster. So other variants like the Gamma variant out there, the one that Tore through Brazil twice And they were talking about In Minas Brazil Having a model for uh, For herd immunity So many people got it Early on in the pandemic But guess what? Months later This gamma variant came out And just tore through the city again And so there will be There, there may come Evolutionary pressure For more of those sorts of variants And then we get into potentially advancing resistance to our immunity, both to the natural infection and potentially even to the vaccine, that's where things get a little scary and you could just be back to square one. Thankfully, we have an RNA vaccine that we can be produced and change them fairly quickly now in a matter of weeks. So that may be a life-saving thing in itself one day.
1: So do more people getting the vaccine help reduce that evolutionary pressure for other variants?
2: Yeah, it's complicated because when when some people do and some people don't, then there will still be that pressure in other parts of the world. And that's why we're so worried about the fact that, well, in the U.S., we're talking about third vaccines and kitty vaccines and all these things. In Africa and South America, they're talking about getting any vaccine. Yeah. Nobody's getting them. And so and, and as we've learned, if nothing else, what, what happens in Wuhan and, and Brazil doesn't stay there. And so in a matter of weeks, those kind of variants could come here. So it's a complicated kind of genetics thing that's going on that, that we're not doing very well worldwide at
1: combating. Yeah. And so if everyone, if in theory, worldwide, if everyone was to get the vaccine this month, that would reduce the, um, the variances emerging.
0: Or the pathways at the very least, right? It would help restrict where the virus could move freely.
1: Yeah, it's a game
2: of plinko, and you take away most of the slots. And so, and so the virus kind of has nowhere to go, and and, uh, and in that sense, yeah, it can still make mistakes. But it's it's you're cutting down the the copying of this virus so much in the form of infections and replication that it won't be around to make those mistakes that cause the variants to pop up in the first yeah. place, just
1: accidental. Yeah. So so the number of times viruses replicate increases the chances of of quote unquote mistakes happening, which is a variant. And so if we can quit the replication, then we diminish the variants.
2: Exactly right. Yeah. The more replication, the more cases, uh, the, the more copies are made, the more the mistakes were made and that's all mutations are. They're mista- mistakes and most of them don't help the virus at all. But every now and then one pops out that, that somehow makes it better or stronger or faster. Yeah. Yeah. And the less you have that replication, the less likely that is to happen.
0: Yeah. So I've, uh, one neighbor to one side of me who I think the world of, and we're very close and I help him out. He's, he's, our dad is 72. He, he's older than our father, but, uh, he was vaccinated. He was skeptical, but was because he had so many underlying issues. He got it when he could, which is in January, and then he contracted it in March and was only sick for a few days, which I told him very clearly, he's like, I feel like this saved your life because I mean he is deathly asthmatic. I mean, literally has almost died.
2: You know, Six hundred and sixty plus thousand Americans alone have died. No. Four million worldwide, and and you know the reason only six hundred sixty thousand Americans is because of the vaccine. People sort of have make up their mind before they look at the science. But think about the four million worldwide people. Not to say anything of all these other tragedies and side effects that are lingering for a year afterwards. The first million people in the world who died, it took nine months. The second million died in three and a half months. The third million, it only took three months, and the fourth million from three to four only took two and a half months. Mm. So th- this is. I mean, this is a tragedy that we haven't seen a couple of times in over a hundred years. And they say to me, well, I'm just going to wait and see what happens. Waiting for what? I mean, I mean, nobody is dying of the vaccine. You'll see people say that they are, but that really is not borne out. We could talk an hour about that alone. But nobody could argue that it's anything but paling in significance compared to the devastation of this
0: infection itself. Yeah, the whole thing is uh, is really frustrating yeah, I mean, to be honest, That's, again. Yeah. That, I mean, that is the thing. Then, and yeah. I, and I, I do, like, don't want to drive people crazy talking about it, but I do want to talk about it. I do every single morning. I, I host the morning show here on the station, and, and I talk about it every morning, but I try not to have it be the only thing I talk about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I read the news and tell people what's happening, but I don't want to, like, beat everyone down with it because then they're just going to
1: tune out, but literally, it, and figure it out. It's, it's um, you know, it, it is exhausting. Um, it was very encouraging when the vaccine came out and we started seeing the numbers drop. I mean, it was so relieving yes. to see that improvement. And it's just, it, it's, it's sad that we've kind of hit the maybe 50% mark of vaccination and we're not making more progress when that clearly can prevent this Delta variant Having more devastation within yeah. our country, and Steve mentioned, I mean, there's a lot of countries who, you know, we we lead the world, I believe, Steve. If I'm tell me if I'm wrong on vaccination rate because we have access to it. There's plenty of countries. I mean, most countries are way behind, not because Do they don't want to we take I, it.
0: I didn't know we were
1: we're pretty we're we're pretty advanced. I, I
2: think the the European Union, I think, may have overtaken us in the last 24 to 48 hours. There but is, yeah, I mean, we're yes, right so at, we're, at the front.
1: We're at the no, front. God. But but there's a lot of countries who are way behind because they don't have the finances to have the vaccine. Is that accurate? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, people are not, many people across
2: the world have not gotten their first vaccine. And, and not because and that, they don't
1: want it, but because they can't. Absolutely. And here we, in our country have plenty of vaccines yeah. and yet people are turning away. And so I just, we need to get that community, continue to communicate in a loving, uplifting way, non judgmental that, we have resources that we should be utilizing. And there's countries that would, uh, that are literally dying and really, really want the resources that we're not using. Um, and, and, and to me, that's one of the most compelling conversations I have with someone. is like, you know, you don't, you don't realize how good we have it in the United yeah. States. Everyone could go get a vaccine right now. But, oh yeah, but you can walk and in And a lot of countries can't do that and people are dying because of it. So, you know, again, uh, I know it's frustrating. I know people are tired of hearing about it. So, which is why we've got to continue to talk to people in a calm, uplifting way sure. and yeah. let them know that, you know, this is not a judgment. This is this is more and more awareness. So let's let's continue to talk about it. Let's continue to push for education about it sure. and help people, That's right. you know, make that decision and get past those resistances. There's a lot of different reasons people don't take the vaccine. Um, there's
0: no one reason, and, and, we've, and we've got to fight against misinformation. But that doesn't mean we have to fight against the people that we're talking to. Yeah, you don't exactly. have to villainize the people That's that right. buy into the misinformation. That that will not work. That's at exactly all. right. Yeah.
2: it's one of the reasons I think it's very helpful to get vaccines out to primary care offices, physicians' offices. Op- because, because it'll, number one, it'll be within an arm's length of so many people. They're there anyway. They can get their vaccine. But also, the person they're talking to will be a trusted person who's taken care of them for 20 years. There's no governmental, political issue here. They say, come next door, I'm giving you the vaccine because I did it, my family did it, and it's what's right for you. And I think that's the most effective way to go about this, to beat their concerns and their fears and questions yeah. head
1: on. What are the most common fears and avoidances that you're hearing for people getting the vaccination?
2: Well, you know, there's the, the, there are several of them. I mean, one is well, it's it's rushed. It's come too fast. Well, RNA vaccine technology started in 1990. Uh, Moderna was formed in 2010 with the sole purpose of making an RNA vaccine. And the reason it took so long was not we were fearful of side effects. The the, the the, uh, the little RNA molecule is so delicate that we couldn't shepherd it into cells until we upgraded our you know little uh, nanoparticle lipid technology to get it there to do the job. That was really the, the challenge with that vaccine. So that's a big one. It really hasn't been rushed. Uh, there's the whole political thing, which I just, man, it's, it's, uh, it's painful to even kind of talk about. But one thing, my, my thoughts have morphed a whole lot about this issue over time. What I do think now is that people are just plain and simple not afraid of it anymore. And, and that's yeah, where I do tell people, yeah. yeah, the virus, sorry. You know, good point. Yeah, not the vaccine. They're not afraid of the virus anymore. Uh, they're tired of it, like we say. And, and I tell people, hey, look, um, I'm afraid of it. And you're not going to sneak up on me with any kind of misinformation. I've just read too much about it. And I put too many people on the ventilators now who can't breathe. And if you, if you ever tried drowning above the water line, it will change your feeling about the world and everything in it and your family and your need to get a vaccination. I've not met anybody who's been through this who didn't say, I'm, I'm so sorry I didn't do this. It was a bad mistake. And that's what we have to make people realize,
0: I think. And here in our state, and I, I assume, um, Dr. Tarkoza, it's similar in your state, 11% of people 18 to 30 have gotten the vaccine. 11 percent, which I talked to a friend of mine yesterday who is a physician at Children's Hospital of Alabama. And and she said it's overwhelming that they are at, you know as full as they can pretty much be. And also she pointed out that there are these times of year where they go through teen um, suicide attempts or suicides. Mm-hmm. And and this is not a, the time of the year. And they are overwhelmed with that.
1: Yeah, to play devil's advocate for a second, just with the the initial COVID um virus, um I think you can somewhat understand a teens like, yeah, it's just not really affecting our our age our population. Right. Why do I need to get it? But and I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm just saying but you can understand it's like, yeah, and they're they're also think they're sure. they're invincible, they're invincible and, anyway. Yeah. But what I'm hearing from you is the Delta variant is not an age uh, specific, not not as a specific as the initial um, the, uh, variant, and and it's it's very concerning. With any, age. yeah, I mean, I mean, it's been driven into the younger population because all
2: the adults, the, the older adults, have been vaccinated. And so it, it's, it has that's happened. And certainly, you know, it's better to be 15 than to be 75 on this thing. Um, but it's, it's, it, we see a lot more kids hospitalized nationwide. And, you know, it brings up one important point. The biggest thing that I hear from young adults and young people is this fertility thing, which is mm. a huge, huge issue. And just to, just to put it to bed in 30 seconds, it was little more than an Internet ruse. Mm. I mean, a, a scientist said, huh, this spike protein has a little bit of similarity to a protein in uh, the human placenta. And so we're afraid that this vaccine will cause antibodies to attack the placenta and affect fertility. Well, number one, it's there's not a shred of evidence that that's ever happened. And even if there were... Um, it's, it's it's ridiculous on its own terms, because if that were the case, guess what gives you a thousand times more spike protein, you, in protein in you than a vaccine? The virus itself. So if it were true, we'd have an unprecedented round of fertility worldwide right now from the infection itself, and we're not seeing it. So the the whole thing is uh, nice. is very sad because a lot of people have bought into it, and it's really ridiculous.
1: I want to go back to something you said just a second ago. It's you said it's been driven into the younger population. I presume you're talking about the virus, and I presume you're talking about from like an evolutionary standpoint of the virus evolution.
2: Yeah, it's driven there because elderly people are all vaccinated and protected, and you know immune. I mean, yes, there are a few breakthroughs; they tend to be mild. But the disease that we see is not in the elderly anymore because they're protected, and so. The place for the virus to get is the younger people so that's in part why we're seeing more of it there and, and in part Delta is just more contagious right it's, it's a lot more contagious and so it takes advantage uh, when the elderly folks are out of its reach uh, it, it's just more efficient at getting to those younger patients and populations than it than, than the Wuhan and the alpha even. Uh, was And so, yeah, it gets to anybody more efficiently than the other ones before it. And again, that'll be part of the problem. And then later getting around, immunity will be. So all of these things are effective in making the virus more successful at going from person to person. And those mutations will allow that to happen if we keep letting it
0: replicate in large numbers. Are you going to get some time off? Maybe 2024? <laughs> when do we, we thinking? <laughs> you get a break, you know, actually, like... I actually had a week of vacation. It was two years.
2: Um, but I finally I had a, I had a week of vacation. Um, but, uh, it, it's just, it's one of those things that's unprecedented. We hope we'll never experience this again in a lifetime, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. There's just a lot of people with this problem and, and, and not just me. I mean, there are a lot of nurses. I think nurses deserve mm. some of the most, credit. they're in the rooms for hours and they were doing that when it wasn't clear that it was safe to do that. They take their own cell phones and, and, and FaceTime with patients and families that and the patient's not going to survive. And so the, the psych, psychological stressor they've been under. And now to have the whole PTSD of the thing coming back again,
0: I, it's just very difficult to imagine now. Yeah. Yeah. I just up. i just had a friend uh, who worked a year and a half in the COVID unit and just seen death day after day uh, because of the P- PTSD left for a different profession, still in the medical field, but not the day to day, which I was like, I'm proud. Good for you. Proud of you. I mean, I mm-hmm. understand. Like you yeah. got to take care of yourself. Yeah. And that's that's definitely a thing. And look, this is not as important as all of the stuff we've talked about, but I want people to understand this as well. Until we can get this thing kind of under control, whatever that means, where we thought we already were, um, entertainment is something that people really are like, oh, this is the thing I was waiting for, like concerts and and these get-togethers coming back. We have concerts in this town, which we're a big music town, As soon as days from now that are on the verge of canceling because of what's happening. And I want everyone, because so many people are young that go to these shows that we're promoting to know like, hey, you're you're not going to be able to do this. Like we like we're we none of us are going to be part. able to do this if you we all have part. to do our part. Go get vaccinated. Yeah, it's going to be ruined for everybody. And again, that's entertainment, although that's really good for our brains and our yeah. happiness and whatever, it's not going to kill us to yeah. not go to shows. I understand that it's not as important, but also like just think about your well-being as far as your mental state goes and happiness. Like those things are about to go away yeah. again.
1: And if you, I'm presuming this is accurate statement, Steve. I mean, if you, if you hope to avoid going back to where we were with all the restrictions, then go get vaccinated. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you hated yeah. that phase of life, then go get vaccinated yeah. because that's the only way we're going to avoid it. Cause otherwise we're going to be back stuck here. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. And don't sell short that business of, I mean, I lived in Birmingham for eight years too. And I loved it. All, all the entertainment was fantastic, but you know, mortality rate, this virus has cut down the, uh, the, the length of mm. life in the United States. And and 85% of that was a virus, but 15% is drug overdoses, yeah. suicide, things that really do add up with all those other losses that we're having in our lives, being around family, being around friends, entertainment. That It counts more than even uh, many people imagine, I think.
0: Yeah, a yeah, year and a half for uh, overall population and three years for people of color, which yeah. you know, as a whole, we could do another hour on that. Um, it's really devastating, and it's so awesome to get your perspective on this. It seems like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> I get, the, I get that feeling. Let
2: me get you okay. to talk to my kids, maybe my wife. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Steve Ben Steve, Thanks for taking time yeah. away from your busy work. And I know it's probably going to put you from midnight now to one in the morning. So uh, <laughs> great to be with you guys. I thanks. really
0: appreciate your okay. invite. Thank you. Yeah, such thanks. a pleasure as always. Right. Good stuff. To listen to Dr. Mark Westfall live, check out O Brother Radio on Birmingham Mountain Radio. 107.3 FM in Birmingham, 97.5 in Tuscaloosa at bhammountainradio.com or on the free BMR app. Join in with your questions and comments on Twitter at Lockamy Brothers.